Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. All right. Tonight, I want to talk to you about receiving a favorable outcome. Now, when I say that, oh, yay, success, I'm going to hear I can, how great I can be and all the things that I can have and, and receive. Well, there may be some of that, but I don't think it's, it might not be exactly what you think that it's going to be, because if you're going to receive a favorable outcome, there are things that are required of us by God. And you know and you understand that. See, we live in a time where people are told this by men and women of God, really. And, and I'm, I'm not condemning anyone. I'm not saying anything against anyone. But it's prevalent in the world and our nation today to tell people you can set, be a success. You can win. You can have the victory. You live any old way because the grace of God is there. And you really, do, it doesn't matter what you do, God will bless you. Well, see, I don't believe that for a minute. And if you believe that, you're believing a lie because you cannot receive from the Lord if you don't obey him. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. And so there's something that is required from the child of God in order for God to give you what he wants to give you, and that is success, and that is victory, and that is blessing. Now, if I ask you tonight, and I said, what do you need a favorable outcome on in your own life? You know, it could be lots of things. It could be, well, my marriage. It could be my financial security. It could be I'm building a business and I need favorable outcome. It could be my body is under attack. I need favorable outcome. What would that be? Healing. Can anybody think of anything else? You know, it may not be in your own life, but maybe some other things uh, that, uh, that one would want to experience in order to have a favorable outcome in their life. Well, of course we can. We can think of all kinds of things that where we need something to turn out a certain way. Well, I'm going to share some things with you tonight on how to receive it. And I want you to understand that receiving means that you're actively pursuing. Receiving, now listen to me, receiving doesn't mean that you just stand there and you say, okay, God, favorable outcome. Just give it to me. No, it doesn't happen that way. Receiving is action. Receiving is you pursuing the favorable outcome. And God has told us through his word how that we can do that. Now, favorable outcome is a good conclusion. It's an end result that you want to take place. It's consequences to your decisions. Now think about that. It's consequences to your decisions. Now I've said this many times when I speak. Decisions will determine your direction and the direction you are going in will determine your destiny in God. Now God has a destiny for every one of us and we make decisions every day and those decisions are either taking us toward 
that destiny or they're taking us away from it. Some people get so far away and they get so distant and off track that they spend a lifetime wandering just like the children of Israel for 40 years, except it's their whole lifetime. And so we need a favorable outcome and the consequences to your decisions are gonna determine that. Everyone wants their endeavors to have good results, don't we? I wanna, you know, all the things that I do in ministry, all the things that I do with my family, all the things that I do um, related to my life, whatever it may be, I wanna have a favorable outcome. I don't wanna fail. Do you? No. And God has given us a way that we can have the right kind of results in our life. And we're gonna look at some of that tonight. Now, you can make bad decisions or you can make good decisions, but you make decisions every day. Not making a decision is a decision. And some people are paralyzed in life. They cannot make a decision. Well, now I'm not being critical there because I've been at times in my life where I felt like I absolutely could not make a decision. Oh, do I do this, or do I do that, or do I do this, or do I do that? And I get paralyzed in that. And a lot of that is fear, isn't it? A fear to move. A fear to, um, to go and, and do things that uh, are going to give you the favorable results that you want. Now, I want you to turn to Joshua chapter number one, and we're going to start with verse number seven here tonight. But before I read that, I just want to say a few things to you. And I want you to get this in your spirit and in your thinking, in your mind. Because in our mind are so many things that are contrary to what God wants for us, but we believe it's what God wants for us because we've been taught it, we've heard it, our family has has said it, our family has, um, you know, displayed it for us or whatever, but I don't know about all that, whether it's good or bad, but I do know that this book, the Bible, tells us about God, about his character, about his nature, about what he wants to do for you and me. Now, God desires for us to succeed in our endeavors in life. That is his desire. He wants us to accomplish our purpose. Each one of us, Faye, you have a purpose. Scott, you have a purpose. Each one of us has a purpose, and God wants us to accomplish that purpose. Can you say amen? Amen. He wants us to fulfill our destiny. When we don't, do you think God wants us not to? No, I don't think so at all. He wants us to prosper. Now, when I say that word, everybody just thinks, well, he wants us to financially prosper. Well, of course he does. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his saints. That's what the Bible says. But I'm not talking about just that alone. I'm talking about whole life prosperity in every area of our life. He wants us to prosper, he wants us to thrive, and he wants us to flourish. He wants us to obtain the prize. 
whatever is out there before us. He said, run that you can win the prize. He didn't say, run and I'll keep pulling the prize away from you. He said, run, strive though lawfully, do it the way I've told you to do, and then you can get the prize. Didn't he say that? He wants us to possess the land, just like the children of Israel did. You know, 40 spies went into the land of where the giants were, and only two possessed the land. Why? Because the others were full of doubt and unbelief. Amen? But God, if you have faith in your heart, will help you possess the land. He wants you to benefit personally and benefit others also. He wants you to benefit yourself, and then he wants you to be a benefit to others. Isn't that what he said to Abraham? I have blessed you that you can be a blessing. See, a lot of people in the body of Christ get selfish. Bless me, bless me, bless me. And I like the blessings of God just like anyone else. But if we ever forget that the blessings are to come, and sure, they'll touch our life, but the blessings are that so we can pass it on and be a blessing to other people. I am always looking for ways that I can be a blessing for some to someone in various ways, not just the same way all the time. Why? Because different people have different needs. And so you can be a blessing to one person in one way, and then you're a blessing to someone else in another way. And you know that's true. And so we can know and understand that. Now, during the teaching that I'm going to do tonight, I, I want to talk about these things. And, and what we're talking about is going to position us for these things. Be open to change. Watch your attitude. Seize opportunities. Have integrity and show gratitude. Now, all of those things, obviously, tonight, I won't be talking about that, but I want to give you a little preview about the things that we are going to talk about. And that brings us to Joshua 1 and verse number 7. Only excuse me, be strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now this is God speaking to Joshua after he is taking over the leadership of the children of Israel from Moses. Can you just imagine how intimidating that would be? Moses, the great man of God that we read about now, that God, you know, spoke face to face with Moses, that God himself said that Moses was the meekest man in all the earth, and he, he was chosen of God to be a spokesman and a leader for God. And I want you to think about, he was chosen to take the children of Israel out of Egypt, wasn't he? That was his purpose. And so what happened to Moses, though? The devil was going before him to try to trip him up, to try to stop him. And he killed that Egyptian, you remember, when trying to protect the Israelites. There, you know, as they were in slavery and, and hard bondage that they were in. And at that moment, he didn't get to do it, did he? How long did it take? 40 years. Sometimes the devil gets us off track just like he did Moses. You know, 
Now, I don't know if he could have done it earlier. I don't know because I'm not God, but I am observing something there that the very thing that he was to do let them out of bondage. He ended up in bondage himself because he had to go out on the backside of the desert and couldn't do what God had called him to do. But there, I'm sure God spoke to him. There, I'm sure he grew in God. There, I'm sure that he matured in the Lord, and was able to do great things. Amen? And so, there is Joshua, and he's been handed leadership. And like I said, that would be very intimidating. I've heard, you know, and had friends over the years, and, you know, they've been in a great ministry where, you know, they've been under leadership that they greatly respected and that I would greatly respect myself. And then it was time for changing of leadership. And this person that I knew in ministry is supposed to step over into the shoes of the leader that's leaving. That's intimidating. You know why it's intimidating? Because you think you have to live up to someone's expectations. And in some people's eyes, I guess you would. But you know, before God, if he's given you the leadership like he did Joshua, he's given him everything that he needed. You know, perhaps you've gotten a promotion. Perhaps something has happened in your life and you find yourself in a position and you think, how did I get here? I don't feel equipped. How many times I have felt that way? Over 30-some years of ministry, I've been placed in situations and I did not feel equipped. But you know what? God said I was because he set me in the position that I'm in. And so I take courage like he told Joshua to do and rise up and do it. And see, that's what you can do on the job. You know, in the, the promotion that you may get or have gotten or something that's going on, you may not feel like you can do it, you can fulfill it. But if God placed you there, yes, you can. Promotion comes from the Lord in the believer's life. And so when it comes, you're equipped and you don't have to be intimidated. So he said, be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law. Now see, it takes strength and courage to be able to do what God's called you to do. Strength and courage. It takes strength and courage to observe to do the Bible, especially in the day that we live in when the Bible is pushed to the side, is no longer considered relevant. Christians are being pushed down, pushed to the side, relegated powerless by this world system. But he said it takes strength and courage to rise up and do what you observe from this book. It takes strength and courage. And sometimes you have to stand when no one else is standing with you. Did you know it? When it's time to step, well, I got to have my friends with me. I love friends. I love to have my friends with me. I love to have that encouragement and that um, uh, just ability to feel like you're being undergirded. You know what I'm saying? To stand with you. And there are times that we can stand together. But I'm going to tell you, there are times, just like Joshua, he just had to stand. There wasn't a lot of people around him 
probably speaking things into his life. He had heard from God, and God said, you get up, and you get your strength and your courage, and what you see and what you hear from me, you do it. You see, God doesn't want us looking into this book and just casually seeing things and hearing it, but not doing anything with it. That's what's wrong with Christianity today. We're looking and seeing, yes, that's a wonderful truth, but what are we doing with it? Christians today in the day that we live in are not being strong and courageous and doing what the book says. I see it all the time here. I see it all the time. And I don't say that in a condemning way. I see it where people are weak. And they don't have the courage. You know, when <coughs> temptation comes. And they're pulled off by their friends. Or pulled off by the opposite sex. Into relationships that are ungodly. When God tells us that you're not to commit fornication, which is sex between two people when they're not married, and he doesn't want you to commit adultery, that means cheat on your spouse, and yet we see it and it's in the church all the time, and then afterwards when the babies are born illegitimately, and then we bring them to the house of God and we expect every, well, let's give them a baby shower. Let's, you know, rejoice with them. Now, I just tell you, I don't do that. I just don't do that. Why? Because that's not being a doer of the word. Now, does that mean that people can't mess up and have mistakes? Yes. But when you live a lifestyle of mistakes and just call it what it is, sin, you're not observing to do what's written in the book. And, I, you know, Eddie and I were just talking about this the other day, and I said, you know what, you know, I don't care if people want to hear what I have to say or not. I'm going to make a stand for the Lord, and I'm going to make it on the hard things, and I'm going to make it on the difficult things. I'm not going to make it, you know, out of harsh, hard, critical judgmentalism, but I'm going to put the word out on things, and then people have to deal with it. And that's what God's men and women of this day have got to do. We've got to be spokesmen for God and not, you know, just saying what tickles the ears of people, what they want to, well, just bring that little baby on in here and let's just do something grand, let's celebrate. Well, you know what? I'd never do anything to harm a child like that. And I, behind the scenes, I'll buy it something to wear or whatever. But I am not going to act like we're going to celebrate this. It's the same, you know, if people live a lifestyle of lying. You know, this has happened over the years in ministry with people that have been with us in ministry. And they're pathological liars. They tell the truth about nothing. And you get to the point where you don't know what they say, how much truth or not, because they twist and warp it. Lying is a sin. And if you lie and you're a habitual liar, you're in trouble because liars will have them, their place, what? In the lake of fire. If you take it to the nth degree. So lying's a sin. But yet we don't think anything about, oh, well, they're just, you know, that's just the way they do. No, that's the way that they live and it's sin. 
But the only problem is people believe their lies and they get pulled into it and they get deceived. That's a shame. I don't have a clue why I'm saying all that, but I'm saying it. Okay, so observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Can you be perfect? And can you get every little thing right? No, that's why you've got to have grace and that's why you've got to have forgiveness. But God does expect us to strive for it. Oh, I've got grace. I don't, I just don't need that. You know, God will forgive me. Well, you, you know, you're presuming on the grace of God and I'm afraid to do that. I'm afraid to do that. And I said it right. That's reverence for God. Okay, so he said, turn not from it to the right hand or the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. You see, we're walking down the straight and narrow. The word of God is guiding us. And over here to the left and over here to the right, there are things that, that pull us and that tempt us and, and, and that try to get us, you know, to get off this straight and narrow pathway that's leading to success and prosperity and the favorable outcome that we're talking to, about tonight. Trying to, to get us off of that pathway because in that pathway is prosperity and success and what kind of prosperity is it? It's whole life prosperity is on this pathway that God wants you to go forward on. But over here, we'll take a little bit of the word and mix a little bit of something else with it. Little new age over here. We'll just, uh, you know, have some chrislam over here, you know, but no. God said, you observe to do all that's written in this book, and then you will have success, and then your way will be prosperous. Amen? Amen. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. You've got to speak the word. The devil comes to you, and he gives you a thought. Don't speak that out. If you, th if you thought evil, put your hand upon your mouth. In other words, the thought comes, but don't let it escape your mouth. Amen. But you speak the word. And then he goes on to say, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Meditate. What does that word meditate? It means to mutter. It means syllable by syllable, say it over and over again. Mutter it under your breath. Talk about the word all the time to yourself. See, I think, it, you know, it brings glory to God when we talk about the word, and mention the name of Jesus. The Bible even says in the Old Testament that when uh, you come together and you begin to mention Jesus and you begin to talk the word of God, that there is a book of remembrance made about that. So what you say is very important. We don't need to be saying things that is not consistent with the book, amen? But he said, meditate therein day and night. Well, those people are just obsessed. No, we're just meditating. Meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, after you look in the book, after you talk about it, after you meditate on it, then, he says, you'll make your way prosperous. Then 
and then you shall have good success. In other words, you can have that favorable outcome that I've been talking about tonight when you do these things. So what, and I, you know, I, I, when I talk to you, you got to understand that, you know, I experience things just like you. What, what are some of the most difficult things to do in your spiritual life? Anybody want to tell me? Read the Bible, pray, worship God, come to church, relate right with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. All those things. Now, isn't that something? Those things are the difficult things to do. But that's why the Bible talks about that we must fight the good fight of faith to stay the course. Amen? And he said, Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage? Be thou, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Now, what I really want to do um, is I want to go down through here, and I've just got a few minutes left, so will you listen? Don't turn me off now, okay? I want to dissect that verse number seven, and it takes strength and courage to acquire or achieve these good results that we're talking about tonight. The second thing out of that seventh verse is that we're able to do what you're direct, directed to do by the scripture. You're able to do it. You just have to take that step and make it happen. The third thing in verse number seven is the word will help you stay on course and not get off. Now, the other day, I'm going to tell you a true story. I had an appointment. You know, I was running close on time. I knew I had time to get to the location, to the street area where I had to take some turns. I had written my directions down, folded up the paper, laid it, you know, in the seat next to me. Okay, I'm out driving, I'm out driving, and I'm looking at, oh my gosh, if I don't hurry, I'm going to be late. So I think, wow, this looks like, I bet it's this place. And so I start turning, I get over there, you know, and then it's not the place. It's not where I thought it was. Okay, and then I'm thinking I got to get on the phone and I've got to call them and ask them where it is So I get on the phone I call them and they start telling me how to get there and I start looking for roads And it's like I can't find it and then it dawned on me I've got that sheet of paper laying over here in the seat. See, I was wandering around those roads all over the place Near where I was supposed to go, but not able to get there And when I picked up the sheet of paper, it's like Duh. And I made it to my appointment. But you know, sometimes that's the way we are. We're wandering around when all we have to do is pick up the sheet of paper and get the directions. You want to know how to have a good marriage? Get the directions. The marriage manual is in here. You want to know how to relate to other people? You're having difficulty in that? Here it is. Pick up the sheet. It's, in, it's here. It tells you every bit about it. gives you the directions how to have good relationships with other people. Some people just can't get along with people. Some people just have personality quirks and traits that other people find offensive or 
It's not pleasant to be around. But you know what? Do you have to live that way the rest of your life? No, you can change it. Pick up the paper and get the directions. There's so many things it's that way in our life. And we just have to pick up the book. Amen? All right. Uh, the fourth thing in verse number seven that I saw is you can prosper wherever you go. Well, I changed jobs. You can prosper wherever you go. Well, I had to change churches. You can prosper wherever you go. I had to change cities. Well, make sure it's God, but you can prosper then wherever you go. Amen? In verse number 8, we look at it, and I, here's some things I picked up from that. You need to talk about the principles of the Scripture. You need to meditate them continually. And that word meditate, I wrote down the words after I looked it up. I mean, I knew what it meant, but it means to ponder, to speak to oneself. Now, you know, when you see people talking to, your, uh, to their selves, what do you think? Oh, you know, don't you? Anymore, though, you know, people have got this ear set in and they're just walking around talking. I've answered people before when they're doing that. Have you? It's like, what? They just go, they're oblivious. They just keep going. But we need to talk to ourselves. What do you talk to yourself about? Not foolish things, not crazy things, but the Word of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I will not fear because the Lord is on my side. He always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. Meditate the word and speak. Whatever an area of your life that you're dealing with difficulty and you need to overcome some things, begin to meditate and read and think about the word of God. The successful Christian is the one that does these things that are found in Joshua. The unsuccessful Christian, the one that does not get the favorable outcome that they desire in their life, is the one that just stands back. I wish I could read my Bible. I wish I could pray. It sounds like me when it's time to exercise. I wish I could get up there on that treadmill. I wish I could get on that elliptical. You know what I'm saying? But then it dawns on me, hey, I can and I will. You know, because the Lord started talking to me about that, about health. You know, you want health, don't you? I want it. And so if that's something that I can do, then I'm going to do it. And we, I don't have to wish I would go up there you know, to the exercise room. I just get up, take my house shoes off, leave them at the bottom of the steps, and get up there. And it's amazing, once you punch that power button, what happens? <laughs> Cut my VCR on, and I'm watching Miss Aquila, and I'm watching this one, and I'm watching that one, and I'm finding out some spiritual truths, taking advantage of my time. Redeem the time! Amen? And so something can happen. Amen. All right. Um, the seventh thing in this verse number eight 
7 and 8 that I noticed, then you'll actually do what you're seeing and hearing from the Bible. Once you speak it, you meditate it, you've looked upon it. And then the, the eighth thing is this is all preparing you for a favorable outcome. It's going to profit you. It's going to push you forward, and it's going to break you out. Listen, have you ever felt like that you're just in a, a place and you need to break out? You know, what about your job? You know, maybe you're just in a place where you feel like you're in a holding pattern. And, you know, you've been there for a period of time. You, you've proven yourself that you're a faithful employee. You just need to break out, right? You just need to break out. That's what prosperity is all about, a breaking out of that. But now I'm going to tell you, if you are an employee in a business and they are paying you and you're sloughing off and you're spending all your time, you know, on the Internet looking, you know, for things that you can purchase yourself personally or talking on the phone and, you know, cutting up with your friends and, you know, doing all that. Just And, and when the boss wants you to do something, you got a just a terrible attitude and you don't listen. Look. You're not going to get a favorable outcome. But you see, if you're, if you're going to receive your way to be prosperous, you can't violate other principles of the Word of God. You know, the Bible talks about people who are servants. Or, you know, in our day, you know, it's not servants in the way that it was then. But, but you, uh, if you're employed, you work for someone, and it's your responsibility to do a good job at that. You know, the people that understand that and learn that over the years have come to me so many times and have said, the things I've learned here working in this church, the principles of the word and how to be faithful and how to do a good job and how to go even beyond expectations are the people that get promoted. You be the one when the boss needs something answered and he needs a solution or he needs things taken care of, you be the one that jumps up and makes it happen rather than the one, well, I'm not going to do it. I did that last time. It's not my time, is there? You know, if I, all of that, see, if you want a favorable outcome, there's things that are expected of you that are different from everyone else. We're to be different. The Bible says we're peculiar. That doesn't mean you're a weirdo. It just means you have a way of living that is different. Your standards are different. You know, the scripture talked about Daniel. And it said Daniel was more excellent than his fellows. What did that mean? That means he was different. He stood out. And that's the way God's people need to be in this day and hour. We need to be different and we need to stand out. Not looking to see how little we can do in the workplace. Let's rise up and, and you know, say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I obey the word and I am going to give you a good day's work. Now, some of you need to decide that. Well, they just treat me terrible. I'm telling you how to get a favorable outcome. The boss can change. Or if he doesn't, promotion can come another way. But you have to allow it. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.